colorful Almost broke up of a spilled milk waterfall Blame it on the moon We made up and made out in a swimming pool Sometimes life is just like high school Fight like adults, make love like it's taboo And I really fucking hated high school
the mirror till I forget everything I know Everything I did was just a way to make the time feel This is BFF.FM Community Radio for San Francisco. From the home studio, I'm Christopher Beale, Poyo Del Mar sitting over there, and this is our love letter to San Francisco's LGBTQIA community. Welcome to another episode of On Bay Time. How are you tonight, Poyo? Oh, I'm luxuriating on the couch, Christopher J. Beale. You are luxuriating. Just I'm, don't get anything on the couch, I'm please. luxuriating, and I'm so sorry. I hope this has been scotch-guarded. <laughs> It has <laughs> before the first time I invited you over. I this am, is going to be a really fun you. show tonight. Once uh, once you're done luxuriating, um, we have a couple of cool stories in the gay news, one involving, um, you know, there's no official pride happening this year, but there is something that you can do. We'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about um, I'm course, something you can do with this pride. Uh, right. Poyo available to do for pride and then of course this last weekend was the five-year anniversary of the pulse massacre in orlando and um the there's there's some interesting news around that that we're going to share as well in the gay news and not to bury the lead but coming up later on on the show we're going to be joined by rabel i'm so excited for this we are going to get all the tea on his new album some of his most famous collaborations like kesha and pink among others and yes, we're going to talk dive. about sobriety. And yes, out oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to dive into a lot of dirt with Rabel later in this episode. Absolutely. A Rabel, fascinating story, queer artist who, by the way, had mainstream success and chose to become an independent artist. And we'll talk more about that as well. So, I mean, Rabel fits perfectly into what we do on Baytime. He's queer and he's independent by choice. And we'll talk to him later on on BFF.FM. Coming up in a few minutes, the gay news. 
for now, just chill and welcome. You're on Baytown. So gay for San Francisco on Baytime.
BFF.FM, community radio for San Francisco. Welcome to On Baytime. It's the gayest radio show you've ever heard, I assure you. Pollo Del Mar's there. I'm Christopher Beale, and this is the Gaga Gay News. That's that's a, that's a tease. <laughs> Stay tuned. It looks like there will be a, a sort of a pride march this year, not the official one in San Francisco. And I'm putting official in air quotes, not the official one. But last year, in the midst of COVID-19, the People's March and Rally came back and went down Polk Street to City Hall. That is returning this year. Awesome. June 27th. Wasn't that one of our... Yes, I, I believe Juanita that was Miss Juanita Moore. But here's the funny thing about In fact, I know this it is, year. But. Yeah, I know it is Juanita. Um, the route follows the first gay in in 1970 that became San Francisco's official pride parade. Um, and last year, in light of there not being a pride, uh, Juanita Moore and others put it together. Well, this year, um, I know that Ebar tried to get comment and Juanita wouldn't comment on it. And this year, the rumor is that they're actually going to walk all the way down Polk and then to the Castro this year because things will be back open June yeah. 15th. And uh, so um, we'll just have to keep an eye on that. But oh, shit, let me edit myself there. Because things are back open now. So, I mean, it could be it could be a great like uh, March, a great party atmosphere. If you're not into marching, maybe just hang out down in the Castro and <laughs> wait, wait, wait for the group to get there. But it's nice to see that there's a march happening. I think um, if anything, we've seen with um, with Stop Asian Hate over the last year, like we can safely do marches and rallies. And I think it's in the spirit of San Francisco's gay community to do that. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I let me tell you, that's a lo- it's a fairly long march, but I'm quite familiar. Back when we were do- back when we were in 2008, back in my day. exactly. Back in my day, honey. Back back in 2008, we were doing these uh, marches in opposition of, of Prop Eight, which prohibited um, same sex marriage or marriage equality, and I was part of numerous marches. And um, I remember one time I was marching in eight inch platform boots. And when I was done, my feet were literally raw and bloody. So my strong suggestion to you gals who are participating in this march on June 27th. Wear comfy shoes. Yeah, like go with the more sensible mindset. Let's say you go out to this thing and drag, Poyo, because I'm I'm genuinely curious. I don't do drag. Uh-huh. Um, so, or haven't. <laughs> Definitely not a don't by choice. Um, I think I'd be ugly. No, but I think you're ugly. But what already. do you thank you? What do you wear when you do want to do drag and come and be comfortable? Because I I can't imagine that you would just go with a standard set of flats. So what would you do? Yeah, I mean, I like I. It depends for me. I actually have a really colorful footwear as a boy, and I will frequently match drag with comfortable footwear if I'm going to do something that's re- really requiring like something casual. But generally speaking, I also um, have a variety of um, shoes that are comfortable and fashionable. And I think that some of the things that you could do to help be helpful with that is like you wear socks underneath your tights or something, something that's going to help you like really keep your feet a little bit more protected, but just be smart gals. Just put a pair, throw a pair of pumps in your purse, bitch. And then when you get there, just whip the bitches out. Okay. You can carry them. You can look like those ladies that run from the office to Bart, you know, just like where they have the pumps (laughs) under the thing and then they throw on the sneakers and then like, gotta get to Bart bitches. It's a thing. 
I hope it's a thing, thing honey. Yeah. It's a thing for right, real. So look for Poyo in colorful boy footwear, uh, possibly on the 27th. Are you going to go out for that? I might. I don't, my n- I don't know. Maybe I will. We'll That's see. the day after our friend Todrick Hall plays Sonoma County Pride. I know. Actually, I do not think I'll be in San Francisco for that Pride. Wow. I, I have I have a big wrestling show coming in Las Vegas on the 25th. So, yes. Well, congratulations. You know, I'm going to gonna, I'm gonna be going over to Vegas for that. And um, for me, like... You know, this would be a wonderful time to celebrate Pride, but I will be back on that Monday because I, on the 28th, which is the day after, I'm hosting a big party at the Lookout. So come over and see me if you guys are out and about. Yes, the 20th. We'll have to, we'll have to like. And uh, I won't have to wear a mask. Yes. Oh, that also a good point. Yeah. Things are going back to normal. This past weekend, um, you might know, was the fifth anniversary of the Pulse nightclub massacre Horrifying. in Orlando. Yes. yes. Um, I'm from Orlando, so this one hits close to home. Um, the Advocate writes that um, the Advocate has written a story that I think is really, really cool. And it's just in time for this. Um, the actual site of Orlando's Pulse nightclub is now going to be a national memorial uh it it's gone through several iterations of what it was going to be uh but it looks like it's gone all the way up to the highest levels and now it will actually be a national memorial the u.s senate unanimously passed a bill wednesday uh, giving the site that designation um the house of representatives approved it back in may Uh, president biden is expected to sign it into law um and just in case you don't maybe aren't familiar with what happened at pulse it was um the club's latin night and um more than 40 people were killed. It was 49, 49. It was the worst mass killing of LGBTQ people in us history. So um, this is why just, just to say um, Bravo federal government, right move, do it. Um, but this is all to say that um, there's still a whole lot of work to be done and visibility is so important. Um, if I may, I think shows like on Baytime are really important. It's important to live out loud and, uh, and, and, it normalizes the wrong word, but um, if you're listening to this and you don't know any gay people, I want you to know two gay people by listening to this show. I want you to feel like you know us and um, br- bringing back, bringing pulse back up. Um, I don't know about you, Poyo, but it, it, I mean, my eyes are welling up. It's it, it was a horrible trauma that our community faced. And um, I think that if we it's a it's a cliche, but it's an important cliche. If we forget our history, we're doomed to repeat it. And I think that uh, the fact that that will now be there as a permanent memorial is the right step. It does make me think a little bit about this quote from Morgan Freeman. It's been going around recently. And Morgan Freeman says, I hate the term homophobia because it's not a phobia. You're not scared of gay people. You're just an asshole. And, um, you know, I think that that's one of those situations where there's nothing that could be done to, in any minds, anybody's mind, justify um, any kind of a horrific act of violence. So I, I do think there's a lot of work to be done. And I think that this was an instance, as it's come to pass, sadly, the most sad part about this in some capacities is that what spurred this on is that those closest to the shooter in this situation think that he was a closeted gay man who, through oppression from his own community, um, felt the need to act out in some form of violence of this nature. And so it's just one of those things where hate begets hate begets hate. And then ultimately, there's something so catastrophic as this that comes to, to pass as a result. Let's move on to good news. Um, you mentioned Morgan Freeman, who is yes. a proud ally of the gay community. I think one of our uh, loudest 
allies of the gay community is Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. And she has new music coming up. It's not actually new music. It's actually a reimagination, the 10-year anniversary of the Born This Way. Oh, God, we're old. Uh, yeah, the Born This Way album turns 10 years old, and it's been reimagined by some incredible artists, like Big Fridia um, recently released a cover, her cover of Judas, which was a big deal. Orville Peck, these are two queer artists. Orville Peck has done his cover of... Um, born this way and then the big news y'all breaking it's like so a gay big. on top of gay on top of homosexual crikey it is thanks crocodile dundee uh, an australian reference um is exactly very good um it is kylie minogue yeah kylie minogue has covered mary the night uh, by lady gaga so it's like gay icon covering gay icon so yeah, it's it's coming out very soon. So um, the actual Kylie Minogue single is out now. So oh check it out. Yes. I know. Like, how about that? Hey, um, we're gonna get our guest uh, locked into the show here. Rabel is gonna join us in just a few minutes. You're on BFF.FM. This is on Baytime.
Bay Time. BFF.FM. Midnight in Brooklyn, you leaned in first I wasn't looking, but there you were My fallen angel, calling my name, calling my name My fallen angel, calling my name, calling my name Lost in a dark room, walking on air Don't have to see you, to know you're there Drive all the way up, dancing on me, dancing on me Drive all the way up, dancing on me You take me higher, yes I'm your every desire Take me home but take me higher The way you make me feel, I swear you take me higher Yes I'm your every desire When you take me FF.FM Community Radio for San Francisco, encouraging you to become a bestie, support local community radio, especially during Pride Month. Over 40% of the presenters here on BFF.FM are queer in one way, shape, or form. And I think that's really rad. So um, if you're listening to the show because you like to support businesses that support queer people and elevate queer people, BFF.FM definitely does that. Our guest, Rabel is going to join us in in moments in a matter of moments honey you're going to be here with Rabel trouble face headphones on forgetting time and place all you wanted feeling stuck set him free 
FM is community radio for San Francisco. You're on Baytime. I'm Christopher Beale. That's Poyo Del Mar. And this is our weekly love letter to San Francisco's LGBTQIA community. So excited to have on the show, Rabel. Hey, Rabel. Hello. As we're here in Pride Month 2021, how how does this interview find you at the end of a year that no one thought would ever end? Like, how are you? Um... You know, I never know how to answer that question for the past few months. Ever, even like this morning, walking my dog, they're like, "How are you?" And I, my answer has been, a, "Yeah, my answer has been, I'm pretty okay." Um, and that's met with one guy that that loves super, and he always he's always like, "Your dog brightens up my day every day." I'm like, "Mine too," but um, I said, "I'm pretty okay," and he goes, "What's wrong?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, we're not getting into this," but um. On the flip side of that, this interview finds me, I'm, I'm so thankful to even have this, even and be able to get on the internet and talk to people and hear stories from people and tell stories to people. Um, the past year has been so bizarre, so difficult. Um, but even through that, I've been thankful for, I never thought I'd really be thankful for like, you know, the internet in that way of like <laughs> connecting mm-hmm. people. Cause at the very beginning, like even like as a songwriter, pretty much within two weeks of everything shutting down, people were like, okay, now you're going to get on zoom and write songs. And I was like, 
no, you're going to get on Zoom. Right? <laughs> like, no way, because I, I rely so heavily on the connection uh, and, and, you know, the human connection um, of, especially of collaboration. And I ended up one day sitting on my couch being like, I'm either going to watch like horror movies at 12 p.m. Like and eat Chinese food like every day or I'm going to do something. I'm going to get on Zoom and write songs. Yeah. And so I kind of tried to lean into it. So I guess it's that's kind of like maybe not the answer to the question, but I am thankful to have this time and to see your faces and to hear your voices and to, I think we've all gotten used to, for better or for worse, being able to actually connect through this kind of platform. Yeah. And from a, from across great distances, we, it, I remember a time like growing up, going to Disney where it was like video calling is the future. And it was like, yeah, right. Will we ever right, do that? Right. And this year proved that it was, it was the only thing that kept a lot of us connected. How did you ultimately end up creating and writing and collaborating? Did you do it over the internet? Did you just kind of learn to enjoy zoom or did you find a way to make it more fun? Yeah, pretty much on zoom. I had very, very, very few, like I could count on one hand um in-person sessions with people that you know either we were in i didn't even really do like a quarantine bubble or what you know people were doing that where i'm like how are you all hanging out and they're like (laughs) oh we just don't see anyone except and i'm like i don't trust anyone that much (laughs) um so i yeah it was pretty much on zoom and again at the beginning it's it was very hit or miss some days but even on the bad days like no offense if anyone's listening that felt like we had a bad day, but even on the bad days, it was kind of nice because then you close your computer and you're sitting at your kitchen table with no pants on. So it's kind of like, I was comfy, <laughs> I was comfy no matter what. And on the good days, like I met someone, uh, this artist called Tennille Towns in Nashville. And we met on Zoom and we wrote, the first song we wrote is, is, like one of my favorite songs ever. We wrote a song for my record and it just was like, we've never met. And, and she just put out an incredible record. Like incredible. it's, it's so like beautiful. Awards, like, yes. Like she's so talented. And I also, for the first time in, oh my gosh, so long wrote by myself. Um, and like the song that I just put out called nothing but the love. I wrote pretty much right here, dog here, guitar, that I barely know how to play. And it was the first song I've written by myself in, I like, eight years. What can make me die? What can make me live? Keep me up all night, make me wanna sleep in. What can make me never wanna pick up a bottle again? Nothing but the love you give. What can make me feel like a Swear to God it's heaven when I crack a joke and you crack a smile What could find me down so low, take me so high Nothing but the love you broken heart what could be 
BFF.FM, Community Radio for San Francisco. I'm Christopher Beal. That's Polio Del Mar. Rabel is here. When you go from writing for people like Kesha and Pink and a bazillion other people for the listeners that you would know, how do you distinguish between the voice that you would write for someone else and the voice that's yours? I appreciate that question. I honestly have a really hard time. Um, And that's been kind of a big point of contention and a big, not even contention. It's been a big point of confusion at points because I've, I've written songs. Um, for example, um, don't let it break your heart. Uh, Louis Tomlinson, that song I had written from, for me. Um, and I'm so thrilled. Like I was like the biggest one direction fan ever. Um, and he's such a sweet guy and I was so excited for that. But at the same time, there is a part of me, I couldn't really release it because of the deal I was in, how it was going. My project was kind of on pause. And so I'm sitting with this song and I've learned to not be precious. And that's been a big piece of advice from people around me. My publisher is like, you have to trust that you'll always write another song, that your best song is not behind you. You haven't written it yet. So even if you're in love and love and love, if the song gets a bite from something that inspires you, something that an artist that inspires you, Go for it because that's an opportunity. That's an open door. Go run through it. Um, and there have been songs, even like Adina Menzel put out a song I wrote called Everybody Knows. That was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite songs. I was going to name my first record that possibly, or maybe that was the second record even, <laughs> that imaginary record that I made. Um, and so 90 Days with Pink, that was another one that I, that was, you know, I mean, that's very much torn out of my diary. Pink is one of my all-time favorites, and I squealed when I saw an out artist, you know, featured on her album. So yeah, thank you, thank you. She, I will say, she lives up to like being one of your favorite artists ever. She is such the generosity 
that she throws around and how she it's so rare I and her and Kesha have this in common where they have this big spotlight that they've worked their whole life to get and they are the first people to point it at someone else and to say hey everyone that you know is paying attention to me go pay attention to this because this is incredible and I don't like it's such a deep-rooted maybe confidence or comfort or trust or or I don't know what it is, but it's just so beautiful to see that. And I felt that like she, Pink took me out on the on the European tour for like three months. I'm singing one song every night and just the introduction, I got a tattoo. It's just a little stick figure standing that says present because I, I didn't want to forget what it felt like to be standing side stage, hearing the the ending of the song before before 90 days and looking around and seeing like, you know, this person comes down this ramp there and then hands that thing to that person. I never know what that is. And then like on the screen here, it says, you know, Justin guitar solo, uh, click up, uh, what, it, like just trying to remember those moments. Like, what does this feel like to have one of the biggest icons in the entire world about to introduce me? And I'm looking around like, is she sure? Like, are you sure? I tend to write everything, whether it's for me or for someone else, especially if it's pitch, there's, there's like in a pitch session, there's no artist in the room. And then in an artist session, you know, like with Kesha, for example, we're working together in the room. So it's, it's a whole different process. Cause then it's just like, let me open that brain. Let's get in there. Like, what do you want to say? And she has no ego, which is crazy. Cause it's like every right to have an ego <laughs> and she has no ego. And the way she creates is so free. And so, um, just led by, uh, gut and, and heart and honesty. And she taught me a lot about that. An honest song doesn't have to be sad. I always thought like, oh, you have to just write the saddest song that anyone's ever heard if it's, if it's honest. And like when we wrote Woman, which, by the way, is my favorite Kesha song, literally of oh all Kesha God, songs, literally. She came in and she said, like, somebody had yelled at her or something on the way there, like a road rage thing. Like, you know, it's like here's this like beautiful blonde driving a nice car. And like somebody said something snarky or something. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you better didn't, honey. Yeah. And she comes in and I. I won't curse because I don't know if we can curse, but she can curse. curse all you want. I have this idea and she sits on the couch. She screams, I'm a motherfucking woman. And she's like, I bought my own shit. I write my own songs. I, I fucking run this shit. Yes. And it was just like, it was like electric. And that blew this thing open in my head of like, that is, that's an honest song. And the fact that she can create like the most fun, empowering like song that's still honest every line is honest like yeah we're in the cadillac and the girls are in the front and the boys are in the back <laughs> and just having that was really cool um, and i've performed it in drag numerous times just so you know. yes live that song okay shut up amazing
FF.FM Community Radio for San Francisco. You're on Baytime. I'm Christopher Beal. That's Pollo Del Mar, and our guest is Rabel. Writing from a from a literal standpoint, you obviously have to source your own life for inspiration. Is there anything in your own life that's off limits that you don't, that you're like, I will never put blank into a song? Um, or are you just not into nevers? <laughs> I'm kind of, yeah, my therapist says not to make never or always statements. Yep. Um, not much is off the table. Um, I think through, it's been weird doing like interviews and stuff now and, and referencing like in, in my career, because it's weird to think that I have a career still to this day. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, y'all. <laughs> um, but I have definitely learned like, with my personal life to, you know, keep a little, a little curtain over it. Um, and I still am pretty much an open book. I've seen, even with what I share on, on the internet and stuff like that, I've just seen what it, what it can mean to people and to myself to share something that I really share what I feel led to share, what I feel like I'm carrying something. It's half selfish in some ways, because it's like, <laughs> I live for your dog. <laughs> what is you. your dog's name? This is Super. Super. He, he lives for when a package is dropped off at the front door. Super like, cute. <laughs> super cute you are. When are we getting a song about Super? A Super song. You know, I wrote one and I haven't gotten it back yet from the producer, which sometimes means that it was bad. Um, <laughs> but I need to check on it. Because we literally that day, like I was kind of just a little tapped out and it was Zoom and we wrote a song called Super Love. Uh-huh. And so it was like, it was about him, but it's not literally like when you're listening to it, you're not like, this is about a dog, but it's just like about this amazing love that's just like right there always. Do people like in relationships with you, like on pins and needles, like, oh my God, if this falls apart, I'm going to like Pink's going to be telling my story on stage. <laughs> Kesha is going to totally reveal our dirty laundry to the whole world. I think, yeah. I mean, <laughs> very candidly. Very, and I don't mean that in like any sort of shady way, but. but Anyone you know, who even, makes you feel strong emotions can expect yeah. those emotions to come out in your creative outlet. Yeah, and I and I have friends that are, I mean, a lot of my friends are, are creators and, and it's kind of a similar thing, you know, I, and again, I've, I've kind of learned like, okay, 
you know, you don't need to air out every single thing in the world, but, um, but there definitely is a, a layer of that. And I remember, and this is probably T too. I never, I always just share too much. I remember- I live for it. We live for T. I did this radio show in Dallas and I like almost said my ex's name because they just kept asking, like, what's his name? And I was like, if you ask me that three more times, I'm good. It's going to fly out of my face. You have to stop. <laughs> and I've just kind of learned like, okay, just like reel it in, baby girl. Like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but, uh, honey, don't worry. I would never tell our, our story, your story. You know, I mean, my next song's called Jeremy, Jeremy. Right. So, you, you know, what a- <laughs> And that was like around 11. I swear fuck Jeremy is not about you, Jeremy. <laughs> Different Jeremy. That's not his name, I hope. <laughs> Thank God. There's definitely been in, in my past, especially around 11 blocks, um, that that was kind of a, uh, which I have no regrets of sharing that song. That was, I have the map tattooed on my arm. But I did have this moment after my first tour of like, wow, you really did just like straight up draw a map to your ex's place and put it on a big old banner behind you and towed it around the whole world on tour and put it on t-shirts. People, I saw somebody at the coffee shop wearing it on a hat the other day. I was like, whoa. <laughs> 11 blocks from my door to your doorstep. Three years later and it feels too close. I thought I broke the last of that breakdown. The morning I sold your winter coat It doesn't feel right when I'm grabbing a coffee The same old spot but I'm on my own I feel okay in the day but at night time You know how I get when I'm alone Cause my mind won't stop, it's just from your door to this party I caught myself counting on the way and right when I stepped in the door to the party I stepped outside to grab a smoke you know how I get when I'm alone no. cause my mind won't stop it's just for Love. Oh. But my mind won't stop. 
steps from my door to your doorstep Three years later and it feels too close you're on Baytime on BFF.FM. I'm Christopher Beal. That's Poya Delmar. Our guest is Rabel. You had some really early success in your career um, with major labels, and then you consciously made the decision to step away from major labels and create your own thing, Big Gay Records, and and go completely independent, which is not always a guaranteed win for people. So what was the thought process behind doing that, and how is it going? First of all, I'm still terrified and I still don't know if that's a guaranteed win for anyone. But, um, you know, it, I, I didn't leave the major system thinking like, fuck you, I hate you, you're awful. Like I've seen it really work and I've, I've had people thankfully like believe in me so much. I've had mentors in, in that system um, and I'm so thankful for so much opportunity um, and so much exposure and so much collaboration. Um, but the thing that happened kind of through both of those deals was we had a song. The first song was, was 10 Feet Tall. It picked up. It was on Top 40 Radio. It's like going, going, going. And I was making a record that was called These Words Are All For You. And we had to make it an EP because it was like we have to put out music right now because this is going and that's what you have to do. And I was thrilled. I was like, this is like the best problem to have in the whole wide world. Like something's doing well, you have to follow it up. Um, super space too. Um, and then the second deal uh, was 11 Blocks. Um, my manager sent that song in um, to the at the time head of Epic Records. And like within three days, I was signed. And within like less than a month, it was on the radio. And it was, again, the best problem to have in the world. And we made an EP. And the second time it, it hit me a little bit harder of like, can't we just wait a second? Or like, can't, like I have all, I still had, you know, these songs that from this first record that I still was holding on to. And it, along with that, again, and I don't say this in any shady way at all. I'm like, I have tattoos to commemorate how special the 90 days experience was to me. But that was a song too that was that was for this imaginary second record um and a beautiful thing that happened with it and it like truly changed my life i look at the album cover every single day because it's hanging right there <laughs> and i see my tattoo and remember how incredible that was um but i did have this thing since i moved out here like i wanted to make a record uh and so transitioning out of the second deal we were independent after my first record deal. I remember I was in rehab. I was there for like a month. Girl, the story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> my, my managers came in to meet with me and my therapist and I was like, oh God, like something's going down. And they were like, we just wanted to tell you that we're leaving the label. And I was like, cool, I'm just wanting to tell you that I'm staying here another month. <laughs> and so I did. Um, and the first time like going independent was really, crippling to me because because I had seen like well wait the labels have all this money they have all this flash they have you know I'm playing on rooftops of like fancy buildings in New York like this seems cool um and I felt really lost um and then I got into the second deal with Epic and felt great and then when that came to an end it had reframed what I thought about 
being independent and doing something on my own. Um, the thing that I loved the most, and I, I give pretty much all the credit to my managers because they were the ones that really were like, no, you can do it. Like we can do it. I promise you that we can do what you want to do by ourselves. Big gay records, let's go. And those earliest phone calls and earliest meetings about that were so awesome and so exciting and just feeling that energy. And then that led directly into within two weeks, we're releasing a song because we love it. Not because of any other thing. There's no big rollout plan. There's no big let's post teasers for four months and then we're going to drop it. No, it's like I wrote this song. We all love it. Let's put it out. And that was so inspiring to me. The fact that there wasn't a gate. I was the gatekeeper. I was the one that says, yeah, we're ready. Or yeah, this is good enough. Or yeah, this is what I want to do. Or yeah, I'll shoot the out the single art on my cell phone because who cares? Because that fits the song. Or just all the decisions or the snare drum sounds perfect. Everyone just leave the snare drum alone. <laughs> um, so I formed Big Gay Records. And about halfway through last year, we partnered with Network. for So it's Big Gay Records through Network. And that was the first time meeting you know they're an indie label and and it was the first time meeting with someone and feeling like i'm not gonna hold back i'm not gonna be timid i'm not gonna pretend like i don't know what i want to do i'm not gonna you know say yes to whatever and it was the first time i ever had a candid conversation with someone with power over you know that sense of like oh you can dictate my future or whatever um, and that was so awesome to just be like, these are the things that I want to do. These are the things that under no circumstance will I do. These are the things where if this happens, I'm done. I don't care if we're in a deal or out of a deal. It's over. Yeah. The little snap <laughs> and mm -hmm. really meaning it and being met with, yeah, that's exactly like, do what you do. Cause that's what we're into. This is about you, this is about your record, this is about your art, this is about your music, and it's about your life, and you do that. And I was like, well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> give me a minute. And that I think opened the door for me to write the first, it's the first, Nothing But The Love's the first song I wrote by myself that I've ever released. I can't say it wouldn't have happened or would have happened, whatever, but the fact that we were independent and the fact that I felt that freedom and that trust, I think opened my, mind up enough to be able to write that song and to trust myself and to revise it. I don't revise songs. Anyone that's ever written a song with me knows that if we didn't get it that day, you're never going to see me again. No offense. <laughs> Paul, isn't that what it says in your grinder profile? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if we don't get it in the first day. Oh, you're yeah, never yeah, going to yeah. see me again. <laughs> I mean, it's that's the headline. <laughs> this album coming out, it's been the fruition of like a start and stop for you numerous times now and you've already expressed how kind of frustrating that has been and at the same time a blessing in some capacities but both of those have been under the guise of somebody else's sort of expectations so how is this record different than a record released in either of those scenarios for you a big part of it was direction and was kind of creative direction, I guess, production, sonics. Um, I had been pushed and not in a negative way at all, but 
but I had been pushed. I, I think it, on some level, I didn't know what I wanted. And so it is a, a big trial and error, um, which I love. I do that with songwriting. I do that every single day of my life. It's trial and error, both in my personal life and my professional life. It's like, well, that didn't work. Um, Let's write a song I, about it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty true. Um, I think like I got to work with a producer that I've always wanted to work with. And now he's become a dear friend called Stint. Um, our first meeting was, oh my gosh, four years ago, something like that, five years ago, where I played him the song called Good. And it was our first meeting and it wasn't a session. It was a meeting before a session. I played him that song. I said, it's my dream to have you produce this song. Cause that's a song that had been produced several times prior. And it didn't feel like I'm not a producer. I have ears and ideas and I've done some co-production and some like additional stuff, but I don't know how to click stuff. And I don't have those big ideas. Like a producer hears a song and they hear this comes in here and this comes in here and this comes in here. And they're like, I don't always hear all that. Sometimes I'm just like, what if we do vocoder? And they're like, cool. Like rolling their eyes. (laughs) Um, I'm like, do you have bird sounds? Um, (laughs) And... That was my first co-production credit ever was vocoder and bird sounds. I was like, lit. <laughs> I'm living. I'm living my best life. <laughs> yeah. Chirp, chirp. Reverb, reverb, reverb. No, your mom don't get it, and your dad don't get it, Uncle John don't get it. And you can't tell grandma cause her heart can't take it And she might not make it They say don't dare, don't you even go there Cutting off your long hair, you do as you're told Till you wake up, go put on your makeup This is just a phase you're gonna outgrow There's something wrong in the village, in the village Follow you from Monday all the way to Friday dinner You got one day of shelter Then it's Sunday hell to pay you young lost sinner Well I've been there sitting in that same chair Whispering that same prayer half a million times It's a lie though burying disciples One page of the Bible isn't worth a life Something wrong in the village, in the village Oh, they stare in the village, in the village Oh, there's nothing wrong with you It's true, it's true There's something wrong with the village, with the village Something wrong with the village
I'm Poyet Omar, and I'm here with Christopher J. Beal. You're listening to BFF.FM on Bay Time. More with our guest, Rabel, next. Prom, did they cancel this? Field trip, did they cancel this? Graduation, did they cancel this? I didn't think they could cancel this. You better dance, dance, our drink. You better dance, dance, our drink. You better dance, dance, our drink. What? You better. You could be nice. Tabuna, she on a spree, she wanna stop everything. So dance if you're on our team, the class of COVID-19. Yo, school's out, but it ain't no vacation. Got the cap and gown, but there's no graduation. I'm on team quarantine, and it's time to face it. Got a bomb prom gown, and I'm not gonna waste it. So the prom's still on, but it's in the kitchen. I'm a quarantine queen, you won't catch me with my mask off If you got one, baby, maybe you can be my mascot Toilet paper pom-poms Netflix chilling with them watching us around come Be my dick a prom-prom I pick a brother with a mask hot, you could be my mascot Toilet paper hair and weave And we ain't breaking up cause we're stuck and you can't leave But you can be my prom queen I think a lover with a mask hot, you could be my mascot No intermission, champion cheerleaders, no competition. Yo, the times are crazy and the news is scary, but we still mad talking like our name was Jerry. Saying we got this, we got this, got it. Close house party, go big, can't stop it. I'm a quarantine queen and my future about to blast off. And if you got a dream, baby, you could be my mascot. Okay. Toilet paper pom poms, Netflix chilling with them watching us around come. Be my dick prom prom. I think a brother with a mask hot, you could be my mascot. With a mask hot, you could be my mascot. You better dance, dance, Jerry. You better dance, dance, Jerry. You better dance, dance, Jerry. You better. I could be your mascot. She on a spree, she wanna stop everything. So dance it, you're on our team. The class of COVID-19. Jerry? Yes. Todger? What? Y'all both made maps. With a mask hot, you could be my mascot. Okay, we ready for Community Radio for San Francisco. You're on Bay Time, encouraging you to become a bestie at BFF.FM. It is Pride Month, and over 40% of the presenters on Community Radio, BFF.FM, are members of the LGBTQIA community, including Poyo Damar and I, if you hadn't figured that out already, and our guest, Rabel. You know, you've mentioned earlier going to rehab and that was my experience too, you know, and I think that you've been sober since, right? Is that like a, a you've. Made- this is my second go around. The first time um, I was sober for just shy of five years. Mm-hmm. I got sober. I got out of treatment my first time on my 21st birthday. Oh, how cute. Darling of you. He's like, I was like, then- I have to stay sober because it's the best story ever. And then I was like, no, I don't. Um, 
but now I've been sober for six years, four months, something in there. Yeah. Yeah. I Congratulations. mean, I, I just celebrated, by the way, I just celebrated, uh, like a couple months ago, 17 years. Un- Holy shit. Congrats. Girl, rehab was no joke. I was like, bitch, I'm not yeah. going back there. Because that's something I think that our community deals with a lot, like astronomical levels of addiction and alcoholism within the queer community, higher than the norm for the listeners out there. And I was just wondering, you know, when you were going through that experience, it seems like it's never ending, right? It does. And now, you know, it seems that everything in your life has just changed. And it really is that kind of like life beyond your wildest dreams thing that we hear about. And I just wondered if you could sort of reflect on the distinction between then and now. Well, congratulations on 17 years. Congratulations on your time too, sweetheart. Congratulations, both of you. Thank you. Wow. I have been so surprised because it is something that you always hear, like the story of someone sharing, you know, that has all this sober time and how everything fell into place and now they're in love and now they have their this job and whatever, whatever. And it is kind of, I remember sitting there being like, okay, bullshit. Like, right, exactly. <laughs> what's your deal? Like, I'm like, I think he's on crystal meth now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this euphoric recall seems to be drug related. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's going on? But, I think it it really has, it's such a shift. I think the biggest difference between my first um, try at sobriety and this time was exactly what you just said, is a complete change of everything. Um, and even like, it was my first time really getting into therapy and, and having someone that I could just go and be like, blah, 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 blah. Um, and having someone that I trusted to help navigate feelings and thoughts and even with the people that I hang out with, it was in the past six years, I've leaned on, especially at the very beginning, I leaned on people like I really hadn't before because I didn't know if I trusted them or I didn't know, I didn't, I think I didn't trust that they really cared about me or they really loved me, even though they showed me nothing but that. Um, even though they showed me nothing but the love, no. Um, nice. <laughs> um, but uh, But that really was kind of, the thing and even creatively like i remember i got sober with one of my best friends um right around the same time and we had been creating you know loaded and relying so heavily on that and thinking that everything we're writing is amazing like oh my gosh like if you drink an entire bottle of tito's before 2 p.m and then write a song you're gonna think it's amazing yeah you're gonna think everything is amazing it's not amazing (laughs) this is uh personal thing for me that I veered into this direction. It obviously spoke to me, but um, I don't want it to seem to anybody who might be listening to this, that I, I obviously work in envir- environments that are like laden with alcohol. And if, yeah. if other people can do it and not have the consequences that I did, you go, honey, you yeah. better work. But I crashed and burned. And the interesting thing about it was that I felt like everything that was cool about me relied on that. Like, you know what I mean? Like being able to be creative or interesting or all these things. And for me, it was just this awakening that like, oh, there's an entire life after that. And it's also bomb AF, you know? And I, there's not really a high that is higher than being completely fucking sober in your own brain. (laughs) 
while Pink is introducing you on stage. (laughs) (laughs) And that is something that I often reflect on is the times where I was running around the world with a song like uh, 10 Feet Tall. I was loaded most of that time. And those are memories that I've cried over the fact that I don't have them. They're not there. They're gone or they're really fuzzy. And like the pink tour, like you just said, like that actually was a really beautiful experience for me of being stone cold in my body, present, rooted in my feet, feeling roots go down into the stage, into the earth, and my brain go up into the sky and out into outer space. And being able to feel that, it almost sounds like I was on drugs because it almost felt like that. And getting to feel that and experience that and to have my mom come out to the Wembley Stadium shows and to be present with her and share this moment. That is like the most beautiful thing. And much like you said, I crashed and burned as well. I am very aware that nothing in my life would be here without my sobriety. Because for me and for some, that is what it is. Without my sobriety, I don't have anything. I'm clumsy.
FF.FM Community Radio for San Francisco. I'm Christopher Beal. That's Polio Del Mar. Rabel is here. The dryer might buzz because it, it's really old. His dryer's buzzed right now. Dryer, you don't have to live that way anymore. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, that's good. Talk about your coming out journey. I came out in my early, mid-20s. Um, I had known I was gay for a while. Um, my first kind of memory is like probably fourth grade, something like that, being like, oh, I think I have a crush on that, not that. Um, and, but I don't know that I had a word for it. I didn't have anyone that I, look up, that I looked up to as like, oh, you're like me and I'm like you and you're in the world and that is fantastic. And now I see the representation, even something as simple as on TV or whatever. I don't know that I connected to anything like that. Um, and I grew up in the church. We were like born again, kind of evangelical vibes. Um, Explains the gospel choir, like on every single other song. Yes. (laughs) There's like three more songs that didn't end up on the record that have love in the title. And that it's like huge gospel chords. (laughs) And it was like, we have to stop. stop. (laughs) We can't afford the choir anymore. Sorry. (laughs) Pretty much. It's like, do you know what independent means? (laughs) You're paying for the whole choir, darling. You're paying for them. I'm like offloading Gucci bags to pay for the choir. Um, Just handing them your bags on the way out. (laughs) Everyone gets a bag. But I, I came out into a church in LA. Um, Sometimes I do feel the need to name it. It was called reality, which I thought the, the name of the church was really ironic. Um, and I came out to this guy who was kind of the poster gay, but not gay person where it was like same sex attraction, which is this thing that you struggle, you know, that's the cross I carry. Um, I think I almost came out the first time I was in rehab when I was 20. And I'm actually really glad that I didn't because I was in a faith based rehab in Houston, Texas. And the person I was about to come out to was the chaplain. And so in hindsight, I'm really kind of actually glad that I was like, you know what, I'm gonna hold on to this one for a few more years because I don't know where that would have led. Um, But I came out to this guy, he was, you know, he was living a celibate life where it's the action is the sin. And, and, you know, you can't be judged by the thoughts in your head, but you're judged by how you act on them. And I, I think I just reached a point where I was like, if this is my way out of the closet, I don't know if I would have survived much longer as kind of heavy as that sounds. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Absolutely. It reaches a point where it's like, I can no longer function in this dual reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember laying on my couch in my old apartment and, and whispering the words, I'm gay. And like, that makes me want to sob right now. Just thinking about how much like shame and how much, um, fear 
And now I have a rainbow archway painted in my fucking living room that I walk through every day. Um, and a big gay record label. And a big gay record. I just changed my company name to the Big Gay Agenda. And I can't wait to get like the corporate card. Where I can be like, <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Yes. Um, but I I came out to him and I and I I came out because I had met this boy that went to that church um, who was also struggling with same sex attraction. And I came out and, and tried for maybe a couple months, a kind of like a, a, like a watered down pray the gay away. I was going to all the Bible studies and, and all this stuff. And I was at that time, you know, four years sober, three years sober. I was buying booze, putting it, you know, around my house, like just so I had it just so I, and, and that was really new to me. And, and I was kind of freaking out and would call my best friend who's still my best friend to this day. And I'd be like, Hey, I just pulled up to the studio. There's a bottle of Jack Daniels under my passenger seat. I didn't open it. Can you come pick it up before I leave work? Because I don't, you know, I bought it like at 10 in the morning on my way to fucking work because I'm a mess. Um, and one time we, this, this, guy that I met at the church and I were like driving onto the entrance ramp of the 101 and we held hands and I was like holy shit and that moment really changed my life because I felt such an innocent moment such a caring moment such a gentle loving moment and when you feel what that feels like you realize this isn't wrong. How could this be? Everyone's telling me this is the most evil, disgusting thing of the devil. And it's a distortion of nature. And it's, it's, you're confused and you're the distortion thing was something that really stuck with it. You're distorting nature. And it's like, no, I'm like, that was the most natural thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life was that moment where your hands are kind of touching and now you're holding hands and now that you're tearing up and now you're like, Oh my God, everything in life makes sense. Like, because that's the sweetest thing that's ever happened in my whole life. And we got kicked out of the church not long after. They did this thing that was somewhere in the Bible. Never really read it. That was like, you confront someone in private, then you confront them in the public forum or something. And then you kick them out because they're unrepentant sinners. It sent me on a quest to find places that were accepting, that would celebrate. And I found this incredible church in the valley out here where we went in for the first time and they had the they had a trans person leading worship. And like everyone, it was just all queer people. And just I was I was a sobbing mess. Just seeing all these people that had run here and had yeah. been through what we were went through and probably even worse and that they still there was something beautiful about their faith leading them further into it i don't know where i stand on the whole thing but at that time oh my god but isn't that the most beautiful thing though to find a place where your whatever your faith might be is embraced as is your identity and i will tell you here Girl, if you ever come to San Francisco, we'll get together on a Sunday and go down to Glide Memorial because yes. Glide is like in the tenderloin of San Francisco. It's like um, uh, this accumulation of LGBTQ plus people, people of color, people literally like, you know, from the streets. But there, it's this beautiful place where your identity does not prevent your faith or whatever that practice yeah, they have, is. They have queer clergy there. Yeah, that's the amazing. The music is phenomenal. 
Yeah, it's girl. It's you need hard. to have you need to have yeah. Glide Memorial on your album. For real, kind of the flip side of what you just said of how that is the most beautiful thing. I think it's one of the truest evils when someone uses faith or uses the voice of God. Like if you, grew, especially if you grow up in in the church, the voice of God is the end all be all. When someone takes that, talk about a distortion. When someone takes that and uses it as a weapon against, it's not opinion. It's not a belief system. It's not a, oh, agree to disagree. That's all fucking bullshit. There's actually, factually, literally blood on your hands because people are dying over this because that's how deeply rooted you're hitting people at the core of their being. When someone grows up in the church, that is right here. It's at the, and it's right here. I remember filling out something that was like, what's your what causes do you, you know, enjoy? And I'm like, this is gonna be really niche, but <laughs> this is my biggest, that's, that's kind of my biggest thing, just because I know what it feels like to be sitting in a church pew and feel like it's, it's the thing that makes someone believe that they don't belong mm. anywhere. Yes. Not just in school, they're getting bullied or often we, we have one solace. We have one safe space. We have one place. And often it can be a, a place of faith, a place of worship, it's that community. And when it's given the voice of God, that you are not welcome, that you are not loved, that you are not valid, that you're a distortion, that you are, that something is innately wrong with you. It goes against the, the thing that the very thing that you believe in that believe made you it makes people feel like they don't belong anywhere 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 and that is that's evil that is even my understanding of like what the devil is and how he will take the truth and then distort it and and fuck it all up and then use it against i'm like uh like hello that's literally <laughs> that's that yeah if, if god is love if if then, then, then that's the opposite. That's the very opposite. And I'm, and I am thankful to have, to, to know people and to have people in my life and to, and to have seen places and churches that are, that understand that. And that really actually preach that. Um, that's really helped me and helped this person I was with, um, feel like start to shed those layers of like, oh, it's really crazy that you can walk into this building and hear one thing and walk into that building and hear another thing. But it doesn't seem as simple as that when you're in that building. One of the things that we do here on On Bay Time is, is put the focus on independent queer artists. And so since you are, by definition now, an independent queer artist, who else do you have your eyes on? Who else should we be looking out for? Who else should we be playing? What do you who think? else is going to be coming to Big Gay Records, girl? Uh, hmm. I got to see this artist at Hotel Cafe. Um, Claude, an artist called Claude. It's a song called Wish You Were Gay. And that, if I had to pick like one, that song, you know when you hear a song, you're just like. Yeah, jaw what drop. Am I, what am I gonna do now? <laughs> that was the song for me um, when we got to meet um, and I was like, I really want to work with you. <laughs> so maybe that'll happen one day. But that's that's uh, been a kind of queer anthem for me of 
especially, and it just reminded me of like those feelings, the earliest feelings of like having a crush on your friend and knowing fully that they don't have a crush on you <laughs> and just being like, mm, I wish you were gay. And the simple, sweetest, most innocent way, it just, that song really blew my mind as like, I can't believe, not even I can't believe nobody's done that because that even seems discredited in my head. But it's just like hearing that and hearing that perspective and hearing Claude sing the words um, was a really, really, really awesome experience. So that's definitely one that I would recommend checking out. Picture this, you and me in the morning Kissing over the coffee you're pouring It could be like that every day Hated that I wish you were Hoping that I'm a better replacement For the guys that you're always out chasing Or should I accept things I can't change Hated that I wish you were I wish you were gay so you could just hold me Call me your babe instead of your homie Don't know what to say But I wish you were gay I wish you were gay so it would be easy For me to say that I'm catching feelings Now I know you're straight But I wish you were gay Now I see you get off of the subway Haven't seen you in months but it's okay I've forgotten but I feel the same Hate that I still wish you were You walk up and I'm dreading the small talk With your boyfriend he's chatting my ear off So I lie and I say I can't stay Hate it I still wish you were I wish you were gay so you could just hold me wrapping this up because girl we have chatted your ears off but you're about to go out and do some live dates for the first time in a long time yes so to bring this to a close tell us why you're so excited to finally be back in front of audiences live and um what people should expect when they come to see you perform 
Yeah, what's a live Rabel show like? Um, so this is kind of my favorite way to tour. Um, it's called the Nothing But The Piano Tour. So, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. Stripped down. <laughs> yeah. Um, everything for me starts on an instrument uh, with, with really not much else going on. And so to get to play the songs in the most natural kind of way, that to me is always the most exciting thing. And it, and it also makes every show different. Um, my set list is usually scribbled on like a napkin, like wherever I just ate dinner. <laughs> um, and I try to keep every show different, even just for me, so that I'm constantly, which I think has been a theme even in some of my answers, but I, I've tried to really leave room for surprise in my life, to not ever think one thing is one thing, and that's what it is. Um, whether it comes to myself or my personal relationships or my work or whatever it is, or even in just a day, like today feels shitty. It's like, maybe you'll, maybe you'll be surprised. Sometimes the surprise is you thought it was going to be a good day. It's a shitty day, <laughs> but with shows, it's a big practice of that for me where I try to just have no expectation to not, you know, think this is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. So every show is kind of different. Um, I love sharing stories. I mean, after this past year, like, I just can't wait to see people and to feel that connection that, that I've talked about so much. That, for me, is something that really keeps me going and reminds me why I'm doing anything that I'm doing. Getting to see people react, getting to see couples hold hands during the happy songs or getting to see people cry during the sad songs, getting to see people sing along. It's just like every time I see someone singing along, I'm like, how do you even know that song? And like, I listen to it like... Like it, it actually is, it's, it was on the radio or whatever. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How do you people know me? And why do you keep giving me money? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like <laughs> that's my experience every, every show. Um, so I'm really thrilled to, to get to bring the stories and bring songs and play these songs. Some of which I've been holding on to for almost a decade and some of which I wrote, you know, three months ago on my couch um, to share new, new sides of, you know, there's songs where that are different than things that people have heard of me. And, and there's things that feel, I think, the most like me ever that I've ever kind of had out. Um, and then it all kind of ends with the record release show at the Regent in L.A. on September 23rd. The I'm sorry, that brings invited. our time to an end. <laughs> <laughs> what if I was like, that's actually my manager just hitting a buzzer in the other right, room? Letting, letting us know that we are way over time. That's, that's <laughs> what every time he spills the tea accidentally, it's like, <laughs> don't say that. Yeah. Rabel, where can people connect with you on social media and keep up with what you're doing? I am at Rabel on everything, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can go to rabelmusic.com. Um, we just dropped some really cute merch. Um, and some of it is queer merch um, with some money going to Glad, uh, who I love, and they do such incredible work. You can follow my dog at Super Meets World on Instagram. <laughs> Super Meets World, I live. Definitely look us up next time you're in San Francisco, okay? Yes, I want to go to that church. Yes, Queen, I'll take you. All right. <laughs> yeah, if, if Pollo can't get kicked out of a church, then this church is pretty cool, yeah? I mean, I've never been kicked out of a church, but I have had a burning sensation as I entered. <laughs> oh, 
my God. Rabel, I'm just sorry is what I am. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I appreciate it all. Nobody knows what it means. You just go when you hope that you grow. That's a life. My whole life philosophy. Oh, it changes with the tide. I was like 16, smoking a cigarette for the first time, trying so hard to impress some guy or some girl. I forget. 29, I never thought I'd be. 29, the years just follow me. Some nights I still don't understand it. Since I was young.
door on bay time. BFF.FM. FF.FM Community Radio for San Francisco. You're on Baytime. I'm Christopher Beal. That's my friend Pollo Del Mar. I'm Pollo Del Mar. Another fun show tonight. This one was good. I mean, Rabel, I feel like Rabel, we could have just talked to for the entire two hours if we would have been We pretty much to. did, yeah. darling. We pretty much did. Just a reminder, June 27th, which we'll remind you again next week, but June 27th, the People's March and Rally is happening this year down Polk to City Hall. That's the part that has been announced-ish, but it looks like it actually may go from City Hall to the Castro. So just keep an eye out. Watch Juanita Moore's social media, and if we see any updates, we will let you know. But there is a march happening June 27th in San Francisco. And Lady Gaga has new music. Well, not new music, but uh, she's got this new project coming out celebrating. it's a reimagination, celebrating 10 years of Born This Way. I just can't believe that that album is that old. I can't either, which means that I'm even older. 
<sighs> to hold on to my youth, though, I'm going to have. <laughs> nice. Uh, to hold on to my youth, though, I have a Botox. pro wrestling oh. event coming on June 20th to Pacheco, California, right outside the Bay Area. It's just a short trip from San Francisco out by Con Concord. Yeah, you guys are doing a pride event there. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a fun pro wrestling event. It's all queer performers on that show. Come out and join us. Um, you can follow me on social media at Poyo Del Mar Fans or the Glamazon PDM on Twitter to find out all the details about that. And I'm at Real Chris J. Beal on Twitter. I'm also that on Instagram, uh, though I don't use that much. And uh, we're at On Baytime. We'll be back next Thursday. Wednesday night, Thursday. I don't know what day it is at this hour um, with another edition of On Bay Time. Um, and I'm going to work my ass off to make sure that we have another fabulous celebrity guest. I am living for celebrity guests. And I know that at this late time slot, you are living to spend your late hours with us and a celebrity of our choosing each and every week. Well, the our choosing part's a little complicated because like we would love to know who you'd like to have um us interview on on bay time we will literally reach out to anyone so uh, almost anyone almost um, almost anyone. um so, who do you want to hear us interview yeah. though that's good yeah who are Tweet us because we we're talking to a lot of artists right now but um we also want to talk to uh to gays here in the bay area that are doing important things so um reach out to us let us know my i mean i'll give you my email address i'm christopher j beale b-e-a-l-e at gmail.com so drop me an email if you have any guest suggestions or slide into poyo's dms or slide into my dms <laughs> Or just slide into Poyo, depending on how you look. Hey. Right, and then you can talk to her while you're doing that. We'll be back next week on BFF.FM from San Francisco. You're on Bay Time. Good night.